0: everybody. Praise God. I have a couple announcements before we get going here. Ladies, we have our Unlocked Encounter Thursday and Friday. And I'm telling you, if you haven't got your ticket yet, jump online. I'll let you get on your phone while I'm preaching. That's the only only time ever I'll let you do that. Listen, ladies, get your tickets. We have been praying over these two nights. Our vision is to unlock your heart and all the things that we hold as women, and we're going to open them up to God, amen. And we're going to lock in on Friday night all the miracles that God did in those two nights. We have been fasting and praying and really speaking over this event, and so we're probably going to have about 200 ladies here. So make sure you get your ticket. If you need help, assistance, just let me know. Talk to Ro. We'll make sure you get here. I don't want anybody to feel left out because they can't do that. So let's get in the house and listen, get your hearts ready. Because I'm telling you, um, Pastor Callie um, Ship Gray that we're bringing in is a phenomenal woman of God. She's a patriarch in the faith. She's been through revivals, and she's going to pour into us on Thursday night. And then Friday night, Pastor Jenny Donnelly, whose parents are here today, they're going to be here. Um, She's going to be here Friday night. I'm telling you, this woman is going to rock your world. She's amazing. She's provoking. She moves by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the altars are going to be crazy. You women are just going to be blessed. And we have gifts for you and food for you. We always do that anyway. But get your tickets, amen. And men of faith, um, we need our heroes in the house. We're asking for for any men that can be here. We are giving away T-shirts for you to wear that night. So go to guest services, pick your size out. Pastor Matt will meet you when you get here on Thursday or Friday and give you some instructions so you can um, be here with us ladies. Amen. Make sure you're praying for us and uh, watching the property and all of that. And then the other thing is we have so much going on. I just have to tell you this. Download the church app. If you have not downloaded the church app, please do that. It's on our website website it'll say download app we have so much going on the calendar men have a barbecue coming up men of faith are going to go fishing trip Uh, my dad the bishop of the house is coming in to do a men's conference ladies we've got a pajama party I mean there's so much going on but what I really want to promote this morning is our Easter celebration so God really spoke to me this year to honor Holy Week There's just something about taking this week, especially this year, to really honor Holy Week. How many know it's so good to recognize what brought Jesus to the cross? Why did he lay that life down? What is it for us? And then celebrating on Easter. So uh, on Palm Sunday, we're going to be having a full worship baptismal service. Um, it's going to be amazing. Pastor Paul's going to preach on the 26th and really kind of get us geared for that baptismal service. And then on uh, Passover Wednesday, uh, we're going to be doing an all-worship a mass communion service and we're joining thousands all over the United States that are going to be Receiving communion on Passover Wednesday so it's a full-blown worship service we are going to be Laying hands and prophesying and I've got a good word for you we're going to receive communion Together there's something very holy about this year and the Passover and so I know God's really Going to show up in a significant way so get your families here I know it's hard and it's You got school and your routines but this is the time of the year that we say, you know what? We're going to put Jesus first in Holy Week. We're really going to do everything we can to get here because when you get in the presence of God is where miracles happen. There's a unity, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. So Passover Wednesday is going to be powerful. And then Good Friday, it's the first time we are doing this in our church, and the Lord really prompted my heart. We are doing the Stations of the Cross here, and there's going to be 12 of them in the sanctuary. And there's an experience. It's the open house from 10 to 7. You can come anytime. Throughout the day, lights will be low, candles are lit, and you will go to each station, uh, places that Jesus faced when he before he went to the cross. And it's places where you're going to self reflect and ask God to forgive you some things, and forgive people, and things that are holding you back. You're actually going to nail things to the cross and bring your family through. It's just going to be a wonderful time, and that's open to the public too. So, and then on Easter Sunday, we're just going to have a ball, amen. We're going to celebrate our resurrection Savior and. And uh, win people to Jesus. And then we have our after party with all kinds of stuff for the kids. So slides and foods and and all of that. So make sure we're putting our dates on the calendar. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. It's time to get busy for Jesus. Let's put our working boots on. Amen? So I'm excited to share the word with you. I'm doing part two on We Are the Church Um, I encourage you, if you missed last week, jump online and listen to week one. And then if you did not hear Wednesday night, Pastor Lonnie brought an incredible message on Wednesday night. And I really would love for you to jump on and take some time to really listen to that too. It's really directional for where Faith Builders is going. You know, this church is growing and we're coming out of COVID and we're seeing new families come in and and we're seeing people get saved. And it's really going to take this moment of the church rallying together I can only point you where we're going to go, but you guys have to get in the driver's seat and say, let's go, Pastor Barb. And that's why I'm doing these messages, because where your heart is and where you want the church to go will be where the church will go. Amen. We have to do this together. And so my uh, second week message this morning is called Letting Go of Loneliness. And you may be sitting here this morning and go, well, I don't really struggle with loneliness. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Is that okay? Okay. I'm going to prove to you how we all need each other. We need the body of Christ. We need each other's stories and and what you've gone through and how God has brought you through. And, And 2020 was the worst destruction to the church of Jesus Christ, not just because of what the world went through, but it taught us to live alone. It taught us to learn to be okay by ourselves. Or to find a sense of community at home in our living room. And that was the only way we could do it. But really God has called the church to be together. And you know when you come together as the church, there is a plethora of different personalities. You were raised a little different. You were raised a little different. We've got all, which I love our church because it's diverse, and I wouldn't want to pastor any other church than this church. I love this church. But with that comes, yeah, we're going to rub each other wrong sometimes. You know, there may be somebody that comes in the church that's weird. (laughs) Don't act like you don't know it's true. We all have, you know, we love everybody, don't we? Amen. And there's just somebody, you know, there's just some people. So we try. We we've learned to stay away and adapt to not. Being together, and that is dangerous for the body of Christ, because there's a unity and a a move of God coming to bring us closer than ever before. And my church, my vision for this church, is that we have relationships, that we know one another, that I know when you're missing in the blue chair, and I love you, and I miss you. We have to really create that environment, a culture that you matter. Whoever walks through these doors of this church, they matter. Because if we can get that mindset and and remember that mindset, when somebody walks in the back door that needs an encounter with Jesus, that needs deliverance, power, anointing, they're not going to slip in and slip out and not have the opportunity to meet Jesus Christ. Because we're so used to our little cultures and our little clubs and who we know or we're quick to just get out of here and not linger just a little bit and be intentional to meet the new people that are coming. And for this church to really go where we need to go, this next level, which is coming very quickly, and that's why I want to prepare you, is we've got to be people conscious. Everyone matters. Everyone in you in this room matters, and everyone coming matters to the house, to the heart of God. Amen. So uh, there's a statistic that came out of the Harvard University. There was a study, and it says this, that one in three of you in this room, that means there's a lot of you, believe these statements. The first statement is this. you You have needs in your life and no one to meet them. One out of three of us feel that way. You're missing a social experience. You're missing friendships. You're missing somebody that cares about you or sees you when you're not here. We have an empty place on the inside of us that we're longing for. The second statistic is you have hurts to share and no one to listen to them. And that is so sad that we are the church of Jesus Christ. And we can get a little too busy to not take time to hear the hurts that people are going through. And that's why when we were coming out of COVID, God gave me intentionality that we are to develop a discipleship program so we can know one another. And, we, and we're offering them. Next Sunday is the membership program. We need you in there. We need you to hear the vision of the church. We need you to find your place to start serving in the body of Christ. Amen. You need to be used by God and people need to be blessed by what's inside of your life. But we have these longings, yet we, well, let let me not get ahead of myself. The third thing is this. You have love to give and no one to receive it. We have a program that's launching, and you can sign up right now online. It's called Rooted. And and it's small groups of 10 people that are going to walk through the word of God together. And you're going to share your stories, and you're going to learn how to love God. You're going to learn how to read your Bible. You're going to learn how to pray, not just go pray. No, we're going to teach you how to pray. We're going to take you through different steps of how to really have an in-depth relationship with Jesus. And we can have the tendency in our mind, well, Pastor Barbara, I've been serving God a long time. I mean, I know how to read my Bible. But it's not always about what you need to get from it. It's what you need to give. When you go through a program like that, you're saying, I'm going to give of my time. We need to be willing to sacrifice our time and our labor for the kingdom of God in this hour. Amen. The Bible says that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. And I'm challenging and encouraging this church to say, I'm going to find my place in the body of Christ, and I'm going to be a moving cog in this plan that God has. So you can have a big, beautiful clock, but if there's a missing cog, is that what they're called? I think so. Where's Elder Mike? He knows. A cog. It's either not moving and it stops everything. Or a little part functions here and a little part functions there. But when it's all working together for the purpose of God, it can function according to its design. This church has cogs that need to get in its place. We need to start moving the wheel of giving our time and sacrificing maybe one Sunday a month to serve where God wants us to serve. Or take time to disciple someone and bring them in our home. We've got to be willing to give of ourselves in this hour. Why? Because the Bible says you need it. So we see all these things that say, I don't, I'm missing that intimate, significant relationship in my life. And we need to find a way of intentionality to fill that back up. Amen. There's another statistic that says one in, more than one in three, which is about 36% of Americans, 36%, which is a huge statistic, have ongoing feelings of loneliness. They feel like they really don't have a significant person in their life, somebody that can hear them and maybe cheer them on and encourage them. They feel isolated, isolation, longing to love and to be loved. What's happening? We're missing something relationally. Not just to go out and experience the life and have vacations and even your family units, which is beautiful. That's your first church and you should take care of your family. But there's a kingdom relationship that God has called us together by each other's side. God has not called us to walk alone in our faith. And that's why when you hear preachers say, you know, you shouldn't be watching from the couch. I mean, there's probably a nice way to say that. I agree with that. But it's biblically true. You have to come in and get knitted into the body of Christ. You have to have accountability and companionship and someone that you can lean on and and can recognize and discern the season that you're going through. That's why we run this race of faith together, amen? In Genesis 1-1, it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Aren't we thankful? Created the heavens and the earth. And then it went on to the things that he created. He said, let there be light. And the light was good. Say good. It was good. He created day and night, land and water, and it was good. He created the stars, the planets, the fish, the birds, and it was good. Everything God was creating, it was good. But then God created something, and God said, but this isn't good. This isn't good. And what was it for man to be alone? See, God never designed us to be alone. It's not just a helpmate. It's someone to come alongside of us that I can link my arms with. I've been very intentional in my my, um, personal life with friendships and linking arms. It's not easy to extend yourself. It's not easy to sacrifice your time to be intentional with someone else. But God has called us to do that because we're not supposed to do our spiritual journey alone. After creating man... There was no one there to celebrate with Adam, cry with him, laugh with him, share with him. He needed someone to be there to celebrate the life. Like the animals just weren't doing it anymore. Like the giraffe probably was pretty cool when he figured out the giraffe and the rhino. You know, it was probably all that excitement. But then he realized, I need somebody to do life with. And we have to have that same heart. That who comes to faith builders, they matter. And I need to do life with them. You may not be besties, but you're going to open up your heart, open up your life to invite someone in and say, you matter, especially ones that have been here for a certain amount of time. We can't have two, two parts of a church, the, the old guard and the new guard. No, we have to all come together in the unity of the faith or there's confusion. That means we have to know one another. And there's no greater joy than to have a friendship in the kingdom of God. Especially when you labor in the church together because you've got to aim your running at. Everything you do, yeah, God's doing this at Faith Builders. And and boy, Pastor Barb said this, let's do that. Now you're talking faith and you're talking the vision. And the synergy in the church begins to stir because we're all moving in the same direction. Let's look at Genesis 2.18. He said, then God said, it's not good for man to be alone. That word not good there means it's not a good thing. It doesn't benefit you. It doesn't bring happiness or prosperity. God has called us to do life together. Say amen. He said, I'll make a helper who is just right for him. Nudge your husband and say, or husbands, nudge your wife and say, you're the right thing for me. God knew what he was doing, amen. In Genesis two twenty two, it says, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he, and he brought her to the man. He said, at last, See, he found something to fulfill his life. That's the same thing in the kingdom of God. There are friendships waiting to happen. Your story, your experiences, your victory, God wants to knit you with the right people at the right time. There are communities that you're going to serve in in the church. When you go through membership class, you'll be able to sign up right away. God's going to knit you with the right people so that you can do kingdom together. You know, my best friends in my life are the people that I started the kingdom of God with. All, we started young and we're all old now. But we knit it in a way that the world cannot knit you. We knit it at the altars praying for each other, praying for other people. We knitted in youth ministry when we took kids to the street. And we won kids right off the street by giving them Mountain Dew and a bag of chips. And an illustrated sermon with all of our headlights in the dark. We won teenagers to Jesus on the streets. And it knitted our youth ministry together. You couldn't tear us apart. The enemy couldn't get in because we were doing something for Jesus. That's the kind of relationship God wants us to have. The world cannot offer those kind of friendships. But when you're knitted together, all of a sudden, God begins to speak and to move in your life. If you think back to before God created man in Genesis 1:26, he said this, then God said, God said, or we say God said, this is God talking, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. He didn't say, let's make mankind like me. Let's make them in my image. He said, make them in our image. If you think about it, and it's hard to get our mind wrapped around it, God doesn't even do it alone got the Holy Spirit and he sent his son Jesus and it's the three working together as one he said that threefold cord cannot be easily broken if the father needs the synergy of the three coming together in agreement how much more the body of Christ because when I know you and I'm laboring with you ain't nobody going to talk about you or they got to come through me people may judge and criticize you like wait a minute you don't know their story I've sat down with some women in this church. I was shocked to know their story and how far God brought them and even some of the men of God in here. When you sit down with someone knee to knee and you're talking your story and you're sharing your experience, you have so much grace and love for people. You're like, man, I got it rough, but thank you, Jesus, I'm not going through what they're going through. They may have lost a child and you're struggling financially. Not that there's a comparison, but it starts to put things in perspective. And you begin to go, I'm going to pray for them because, man, they need a breakthrough more than I need that breakthrough. And you begin to care and love for one another. And when they don't show up, you're able to call them. Amen? You're able to love on them and find out what's going on in their life. We've got to be a kingdom-minded people. God created community with one another. God didn't create us because he was lonely. God created us because he is love, and he created an environment on earth that is love, amen? Love isn't just what God does. It's who he is, and when he brings his people together, he brings us together in a community of love, and love lays our life down for another, Love gives of our time. Love sacrifices. Love will say, I'll give up 10 Sunday nights to go through a rooted program because maybe I should learn something, but in that, maybe I can give something away to somebody else who has no gospel in them. No truth in them. Kate, I, I prayed for a young man. I went to the best worship thing last night. Um, uh, Brandon Lake. Oh my gosh. We prayed and prophesied for people. It was not a normal like concert. It was amazing. And, and the girls were praying for this one young boy, and then they grabbed me, I guess just to bring it home. I'm not sure. They Phoebe, you got to pray for him. He was a young boy. And I began to prophesy. I said, you know what? You're breaking generational curses. He's a young boy, but I'm like, you're the Abraham of your family. How you were raised and what your daddy did, you're not going to struggle with. And you're going to break it for your children, children, and you're going to be a great husband. And this boy just wept and wept and wept. That's what the church needs to be. We need to be able to lean over in a worship service and say, man, let me pray over you. I'm feeling something here. And you begin to speak God and begin to speak life to them. That's when the church begins to come alive, amen, that we're not just in our own little world. We're in our old little happy sphere. I'm safe in here. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus. I tithe. I serve. But we're still living in these safe little bubbles, when revival was happening, and I've shared with you, my parents opened up their home. I don't know many, how many thousands came through their basement, just opened up on Friday nights and shared the word, and people were getting saved and healed and delivered, drug addicts, prostitutes, people with identities that have problems, that getting set free and put into the local church. They filled a whole section of a church with people getting saved in their home. We're kids seeing demons coming out of people. That was not strange to me because it was normal in my household. We saw people walk in, girls with scandalous outfits, walking in with high heels. That was normal to us because we knew they were going to walk out different and touched by God. We've got to be willing in this hour to say, I'm going to open up my life and my home and and disciple and share the word with people, people that you know. You know, they just had this movie coming out. I'm a little controversial about it, and it's the one um, come out in Jesus' name. Is that what it is? Are you guys familiar with it? Because I can skip this part if, okay. Um, But anyway, it sounds good. And they were having these uh, deliverances in in these, you know, movie suites. And it just sounds so good. And people were throwing up. And I'm not saying real deliverance wasn't taking place. Because when the presence of God shows up, there is. But who took them and discipled them? Who took them and said, we're going to teach you how to not let them come back? Who taught them, do you need to read your Bible and get part of a local church and find a mentor in your life? Or let me be the mentor in your life. I'm not just going to hold a bucket while you throw up a demon, which is awesome. But I'm going to be there with you until you know your revelation of who you are in Christ. See, the church has to be willing to go from here to here. And say, I'm going to give of myself a little bit. I'm going to be willing. And if we don't know how to disciple, then we get enrooted and you learn how to. It's very easy. Pastor Lottie even shared something with me. Just share your story. Just share how you got saved and what God did for you. You want that, don't you? Let me lead you to Christ. Sometimes you just tell people what they need because they don't know it until they experience it. I told the the boys in the back row uh, four weeks ago, y'all come up here, you're going to speak in tongues. I didn't say, do you want to? Nope, come up here, you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? They all did. Because they didn't know what they needed until they received it. We've got to be bold in this hour, amen? Got to be willing to sacrifice like the love of Jesus coming in that environment. When someone asks Jesus, what is the most important thing you can do? What's the greatest commandment? What did, what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the Lord gave me this revelation when you think of that scripture verse. Love the Lord your God, right? Love goes up with all your heart And, all, and then what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. What is that? The cross. I can't fully love myself until I love God first, and when I love God first, I automatically love my neighbor. I will show up. I will knock on their door. I will pray for them. I will bring them food when they need it. Why? Because I'm loving them, and when I know to love them, I fully love myself. Amen. God has called us to walk into that love. He sets you into the kingdom, a place of worship, a place of belonging, so that you can make a difference in that church. Amen. Not just take up a seat. Make a difference in that church. It says in um, Mark 3, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. And he had pointed 12 that they might be with him. See, we go straight to that they might cast preach and cast out demons and have authority. And we all love that, right? But Jesus said, before you do that, I want you to be with me. I need relationship with you. You need to know my heart. I don't know what stories. I'd love to sit down with, hear those stories that Jesus shared. He said, before you go do those things, I want community. You boys better know each other because I know some of your characters. You're a little messed up. So if this thing's going to work, you better know each other before you go do the works of the kingdom. That's why it's dangerous when people come in here and they, I've got a gift of God. Well, you probably do, but I don't know you. The Bible says to know those who labor among you. We need to know one another. Now, when you spent time with Peter, and Peter's a hot mess, we already know that. If we have a Peter in the church, and he acts out, you're like, yeah, that's just Peter. We love him, though. Why? Because you know Peter. You know that he really loves God. You know that he walked on the water when you all sat in the boat still. Right? So when you know each other, you can have a little bit of grace for the personality differences. Amen? He said, no, the Bible says no, though. He said that they might be with him. That they might be with him. Means that that sl- slogan means we're going to hang out a little bit. We're going to get to know each other. We're going to develop friendships and build trust with one another. God is calling this church to that season. I don't know where it's at in my notes, but we need to linger in the courtyard for a little while after church. Let's just not come in and commune and just, we're out of here. Or maybe faith builder, we should be looking around. Who's that new person here today? Me and my wife, we're beelining right over there. Hey, how are you? How'd you get to faith builders? You don't have to make a deep relationship. Let's get you connected to guest services. Man, we've got a text messaging. We've got a men's group. We've got a women's group. There's so much. Let's get you plugged in. It's going to take us being the arms and extension of Jesus to grab the new people that God's sending in and direct them where they need to go. I'm a seasoned minister. When I went to Living Word Church in in um, Mesa, Living Word Bible Church, it had a church of five thousand people, and I'm a Kingdom girl, and I walked in intimidated. I'm like, I don't even know where to begin here. It was just, and I I do this for a living. And by the time I left the sanctuary, four women had grabbed me and give me their cell phone numbers and said, you're coming to Bible study with us. I'm like, y'all lost your mind. I, I just got here. Leave me alone. But I walked away feeling loved. I walked away. Somebody saw me. I had the number if I wanted the number. And I could call. And guess what? I showed up to Bible study. And that's when the pastor started watching me. And then, long story short, I became the youth pastor of the church. And then the executive pastor of women's ministry. And and God began to use me in a way, but it takes community. If I would have just come and gone and never made that friendship, I'd have never had the experience at Living Word I was supposed to have. See, there's something about, you have a divine connection. You'll have something that God sets you in place with someone else in the kingdom. Amen? Okay, where am I at? After Jesus laid down his life and he resurrected from the dead and we serve this amazing risen Savior, the Bible says that 3,000 were added to the church. 3,000. Why? They had just spent all that time in the upper room together. They probably worshiped. We don't know what they did. Probably fought with one another. But there was a unity that they came together. And when God showed up on the scene, there was the growth of the church. And what happened? They really liked each other. They embraced one another. They understood the power of community. They knew the journey that they had to grab arms and run together. And it says in Acts chapter 2, let's find out how often they met together. Every day. Now, you got to really love people to hang with them every day. I mean, I get that. But there was a season of the church that they needed to be together every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts every day. Yet in this season of the church since 2020, it's hard to get people here every Sunday. Four times. And I know there's reasons. I'm I'm not here to criticize. And even on Wednesday nights and launching the Wednesday night program or, or getting involved in a... Well, I don't really have time for that. You know, we're just so busy. But when the church is hungry, we want to get to the house of the Lord. We, we can't miss out on what God's doing because the Bible says, I think we'll read it. They were added daily. Something was happening. Somebody was getting saved. Somebody was getting healed or delivered or filled with the Spirit. There was something happening. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes. What does that mean? They got the gate code number. They got your home address. Well, I don't know know my home address. Nope, don't come to my house. The world has gotten so used to being alone. Every day, they met in their homes and they wanted to share people what they learned at the temple. They called their neighbors in and they ate together with what? A glad and sincere heart. They didn't do it begrudgingly. They weren't angry about it. No, they wanted them to come in. Why? Because lives were being changed. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were so full of God. Amen. We have to erase all the reasons why we can't come together in the community of the church. And I could give a list of them. They're here. But I'm going to be nice. Because I think you get the point. It's our heart. If we can be here, we should be here. It's not conditional on rain. Arizona, it's just rain. We drove in five-foot snow. We don't... You know, if it's a football game, no, that gets recorded. We're to the house of the Lord. See why? Because we're, I taught last week, we're seeking first. Why? We need each other. And we think, well, the church had it bad back then. It was bad. That's why they needed each other. It was true, but life isn't the greatest today either. There's cultural tension, political tension, finances, the economy. I mean, I know there's no mean people in church anymore. There are all, there's no mean people in church. Actually, you'll find probably the meanest people in church. We encountered that last night, right? We're living in difficult times, and we need one another just like the church needed each other back then. They had a spiritual battle. They were persecuted for their faith. When people were sick, they got together and they healed them. If they needed prayer, they got together and they prayed. People were hurting, and they shared miracles. There was weeping and rejoicing. There was this time of coming together. They were not alone. They were united, We need to be the body of Christ that the world needs to see. The world needs to see us coming together. Amen? There's a fundamental difference between the early church and our church. I'm going to give you two of them quickly. The first century believers desperately needed each other, and they knew it. They knew that they needed each other. They needed guidance. They needed influence. They needed to learn doctrine and principles of faith. They needed to develop a deeper level of their faith. They needed the testimonies, amen. They needed to find out their gifts and their talents. And all that happened because they knew that they needed each other. They had neighbors that they could call on and support them. Today, believers, to, believers today desperately need each other, but they have forgotten it. They've forgotten it. men. Amen forgot that I actually need the family of Christ. And I'm not just talking about text messages or a Facebook post. I want to share something with you. I read an article and a mental health expert wrote. He said people today, the people in the world today, they're on purpose intentionally seeking autonomy or independence, meaning they Don't want to rely on anybody else. I'm just going to do it on my own. That's the world that we're living in today. And what happens is we design a life without intimacy. We can walk up and see a greater, hey. That's not intimacy. We're the friendly, we have a friendly church. That's, That's not the hard part. It's going deeper into intimacy. Amen? But the real interaction We don't want the hassle of friendships. I don't want the vulnerability of uh, someone in my life. I don't want the accountability, right? Even this society today, let me work from home in my pajamas. Don't make me go back to work. I'm not saying that's not a good thing, but it becomes all about us and our comfort. We shop online now. We bank online now. We watch sermons online now. We have friendships online now. Somebody will put out a prayer request, which is not wrong, but I'm like, how many is actually praying for them? Praying, prayer hands, which is actually high five, but we use them as prayer. Praying for you. Oh, my husband's sick in the hospital, and please pray for me. Oh, we're praying for you. Let me put you on our prayer team. And I'm guilty of this, too. God's checking my heart. But when was the last time we actually picked up the phone and gave them a call with our voice? And the thing is, we've all got used to that behavior. We'd almost flip out if somebody knocked on our door with a bag of groceries and hot soup and say, here, this is for your family. I don't need to come in, but I was just thinking of you. You need groceries. We'd be like, what are you doing at my front door? (laughs) Because we're so out of the loop of that personal touch. We have forgotten the power of really just showing up at someone's door. And say, I mean, friends, you know, don't just be crazy. But just say, you know what? I'm here. Here are some flowers. Here's some groceries. Here's some love. Actually, can I take two minutes to pray with you? I'm not going to bother you, or pick up the phone, not send a text message. And that's wonderful. But it's just not intimacy. It's not the place God has called the church to be at. We remember the back in the days, and this happened um, during COVID at my brother's church, and I was just so impressed. The whole praise team got COVID. I guess what a bummer, but they all started just running to each other's houses and bags of groceries were dropped off at their front door. They had community. They cared. They knew they couldn't go out to the grocery store. They didn't expect them to get online and deliver it. And there's all these easy ways we can do stuff. They said, no, we're going to go to their house and be crazy and and door knock and run, you know, because they didn't want to get close. Because they loved one another. We've got to get back to that. There was days you'd not you'd have food at your house every day if somebody was sick in your house. You wouldn't have got, you'd have, remember the days of the, the casseroles? You'd have 50 casseroles because someone cared to go to the grocery store, bake it in the oven, and deliver it in a car to your house with the car to say, I love you, I'm thinking of you. There's something about that that's missing in the church of Jesus Christ today. I desperately want this church to have a culture That we think like that once again, where you're in the courtyard. Hey, you going to lunch? You going? Yeah, let's go to lunch. Fifteen people show up at a at a restaurant, and it's laughing and talking about God, and and you just you're just having a good time. That's what a church needs to be like. Amen. Intentional. You don't just stumble into friendships. They take time. And they take meeting with them again and going out again and having a game night at your house and, and whatever it is, inviting a couple girls out for coffee. doesn't have to be a lot of money, but it's just taking that time. I'm talking within the body of Christ, amen, so we can know each other. Laugh when we see each other. Remember when we did that? That's not going to happen if we're not being intentional with relationships, opening up our homes again, amen, having a barbecue, whatever it takes. It's those little things that can change and touch someone's life forever, amen? People are intentionally pursuing a life that destroys their mental health and robs them of real joy and lasting fulfillment. We're intentionally self-destructing because I don't want to be bothered. There's people I call and I'm like, oh, I hate to bother them. Why do I feel that way? I'm calling them out of love and compassion, And then when they get the call, I hope they're blessed to hear from me. I mean, I don't know. I never got a bad report, but I have that feeling, oh, I don't want to bother them. Yes, I do want to bother you. I do want to leave a voice message, even if you don't pick up at the moment, so you can listen to it and hear my voice, my voice that says, I love you and I care about you. We all need to get better at this. Amen? Today's relational behavior has got to change. We've gotten too comfortable with distant relationships and not intimacy. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let me share a couple things I'm going to close up this morning. It's always important and always necessary, and it always honors God when we develop relationships. Amen? I'm going to teach you three ways that I want us at a church to gather. When we gather, when we're with faith sisters or men of faith or when you go out with one another, this is how we gather. Number one, it's a gathering of God's grace. And Philippians 1.7 it says this, you have a permanent place in my heart. What happens? I'm giving you grace in your life. Whatever your story is, whatever background you have, whatever I need to learn about you, there's a grace there so that you can have a permanent place in my heart. And the Bible says you have remained partners with me in this wonderful grace of God. What does that mean? When we come together, it's a safe place. When we come together for Unlocked, women are going to be healed and delivered of many things. And you know why? Because it's a safe place. There's grace. They can be healed. They can feel like they belong. They can believe and they can become. That's what grace offers. Amen. We have communities within the church, men of faith. They have a Marco Polo together. They take care of each other's needs. I hear stuff all the time. They had to go fix a guy's car. They had to help a guy with a medical bill. They're raising monies. It's a community. Why? Because they love one another. And if you're not a part of the community, you're missing out on that deep relationship. Same with the women. It happens all the time, taking care of women. We need to do that. Amen. Number two, it's a, it's a gathering of healing. When we come together, we want people to feel the the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the encouragement of our stories and, and what we've gone through. James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. doesn't mean you just go confessing all the horrible things you've done in your life. But it's, I've been there. I was struggling in my marriage. And this is how God got me through. Let me share that with you. Let me pray that with you. Amen. That's a place of healing, unlocked. We're going to have intentional healing that will happen. And number three, it's going to be a gathering of a mission. What is the mission when we come together as faith builders? What is our mission, church? Let me check you. Love people back to life to fulfill the purposes of God. We do the first part of that. Our mission, and every time we gather, and whatever it is, love people back to life. How do we do that? We know their stories. We give grace. We offer healing. And we find a place for them to belong. And then where you're at in your spiritual walk, someone will walk in and we will get them there too. And then they're going to get someone there. How did the church get added to daily? Because relationships mattered to them. It mattered. And God added to the church daily. If you all took one person... And said, you're coming with me to church on Sunday. Or you're coming to Passover. This church, we'd have to put more chairs down. Adding to the church. You're sharing. You're knowing what's going on in your church. It's important to you. Putting the past behind you. I know it's hard to make friends when you've had friends leave the church. And, and that happens in all churches. You're like, oh, man, where do I fit in here? My, my friends left? You have to push past that. We've got to find new Friendships. We've got to find a new place to belong. Amen. And this church, this church will be a thousand overnight if we're interested in relationships. Finding out where can I put that person? Where can they belong? When's the marriage night? We're going we're to launch a young adults ministry and I have other stuff for our youth ministry. There's things that's in my heart that you're going to hear about. We're going to have a place for God to begin to do things. You have to know that. That's why I said get the app. What's going on in your church? You should be the first one buying the ticket. First one inviting someone. First one to put it on social media. Why? Because it's our church. We labor here. Let's share it. Let's get excited about it. Find out. Barbecue. Men's barbecue. You should just pack Pastor Paul's house out. You've got a big backyard. So go make some barbecue. Hang out. They're gonna play some games in the back or whatever, do guy stuff. It's important. Well, I don't know anybody. You will once you leave. Wives, make your husband go. Make life hard for him until. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. We don't use manipulation. You see what I'm saying? You get in those. You get in those pockets and say, I'm gonna get there. I may feel like I'm alone, but when you show up, we're gonna have the culture of you won't be alone there be not one person alone, amen. We're going to be intentional to make sure that they feel like they're a part. Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for this church and all that you're doing, God. That your heart is for your house, God. Your heart is for kingdom builders. And I thank you for every person here, God, every person called by your name, Jesus, that, Lord, they are set into the kingdom of God to build relationships and community and make that important in their life. God, let Faith Builders be a culture church that is about friendships and others first, God. Continue, God, to birth that within our hearts. Lord God, let us see those that walk through those doors. Let us not let people get away, God. Let us find community and be willing to sacrifice our time and our relationships and be vulnerable, Father God. And Lord, I want to get everyone here this morning that needs to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And maybe you're a churchgoer, but that doesn't mean you know Jesus. And Jesus wants to get a hold of your heart. He wants to forgive you of your sins. And he wants to be the Lord, the seat of your heart. And if that's you today, whether you're coming back to Jesus over for the first time, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So I want all of us to say this prayer together. We've all said it one time or another, but let's say it together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I'm asking you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. And Father God. Help me to become others conscious and develop relationships for your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to close with this. Don't forget, we're receiving communion. You have two weeks, if you haven't done it yet, every day. Um, Just grab a cracker, grab some water, no big deal. Sit down with your family. Two weeks coming up to our Passover Wednesday, which is going to be supernatural. Amen. So I'd love to see all of you there. Let's welcome Pastor Paul.